With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, hey, hey. Another episode of Finding Freedom is here. Here on the Lions of Liberty Podcast Network and uh, going to be bringing you a solo show today. Uh, trying to stick with uh, doing a solo show about once a month to every to every six weeks or so. Um, so got some interesting topics to talk about today. But first thing that, that I do want to talk about is just how dedicated I am to podcasting, how much I care about uh, all of you um, out there in the audience, out there um, listening on your little little phone listening devices. I, I just saw saw recently somebody was talking about um, might have been Elon Musk, who I'll talk about later. I don't, actually, I don't think it was. I, I forget who said this, but um, somebody was saying we shouldn't call these podcasts anymore. I saw this on Twitter because uh, we don't use iPods, right? Like nobody. No sane person uses an iPod right now. Um, so why do we call them podcasts? Why don't we have a different name? Phonecasts, which I think is stupid. I don't like that. Um, audio casts. I don't know. There's. It, 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 I think that's something that we should consider, changing the name of podcasts because no iPods. But anyway, that's a... That's a little little thing, meaningless thing to uh, to think about. But back to how dedicated I am to uh, to you all. So this past weekend, um, or I should I should say, just on Saturday. So Saturday, um, drove up to Penn State to uh, to meet up with some old uh, college buddies. Picked up my one buddy at the Pittsburgh airport, and uh, and we drove up Saturday morning. Got there around eleven, and uh, you know had some fun, drank some beers, played some ladder golf. And then at night, um, hit the bars up a little bit and uh, went to the old fraternity house, the old uh, the old stomping grounds. And if you follow me on Facebook, um, you'll see a picture that my wife posted and tagged me in uh, of uh, from the composite that I took from. I guess it was probably um, my junior year, and uh, my wife showed it to my daughter, and uh, she didn't believe it was me. <laughs> Which she also had a pretty pretty funny quote. She said, "I looked like uh, looked like a, a published army guy. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, I'll t- take it as a compliment, I guess." But so before I left um, to go to Penn State on Friday, I was I was working out at the gym as you do, doing uh, shoulders and back. I'd done my pull ups. I'd done my shoulder press, and I was on the uh, the city seated row machine my second set. And as I finished my set and I go to let the weight back down, you know, it's a cabled machine, something just 
tweaks in my back and pain goes shooting down my left leg. So <laughs> I've never just left the gym just in the middle of a workout like that, but I, I had to. I literally, like the guy sitting across from me at the uh, at the lap pull-down machine, like I made eye contact with him when it happened, and he looked at me like, oh, man, uh, are you all right, buddy? Um, and I just stood up, walked over, got my phone and my keys, and <laughs> walked out of the gym um, very, very slowly and gingerly. And uh, it's been... It's been a pain in the back, really. It's it's been, it's it's it sucked. Um, this is the first time I've really had a back injury since in college, when I tweaked my back carrying a keg up two flights of stairs, which was stupid. Uh, and that, like, it's it's kind of interesting to think about how managing, um, you know, not only managing back pain. But like the philosophy I have for injuries now is so different than it used to be because I used to listen to doctors and at least back then it probably they still would say now, um, well, you want to rest and you want to ice it and you want to put heat on it. Um, I, I don't think you need want to do any of that. I don't think you want to rest. Uh, maybe you put some heat on it. I don't think you want to ice it. I don't think that's the right thing to do at all. Uh, based on things that I read for injuries like this, you do want to do a lot of stretching, which for the most part, I've done a very good job with the stretching with the exception of Saturday when I was hanging out and uh, drinking beers and uh, relaxing. But the nice thing about that was my back didn't hurt because the beer numbed the pain. But um, when I woke up this morning, uh, Sunday morning, I'm recording this on Sunday, uh, Sunday night, um, my back felt terrible. Um, it, it doesn't hurt when I'm sitting, but like when I, when I, anytime I move it, uh, it's, it's pretty freaking painful. So I'm not sure how long this episode will be. It's been a, uh, it's been quite a weekend and to put on top of that, to stack things up. So I'd already promised my daughter that I was going to paint or at least start painting her room. Um, she wants to paint her room pink and teal. And I promised her that we could, you know, start the painting process right before I injured my back on Friday. And uh, sure enough, um, I keep my promises. So on Friday, Friday night before, you know, before I left Saturday morning to go to, to go up to State College, put the fo- first coat of paint on one of the walls, painted the wall pink. It's going to be pink and teal. And uh, then when I came back feeling like crap today, um, after eating dinner, <clears throat> we put a second coat of paint on that wall. So one wall is pink. The idea is to have, we're going to have two two pink walls and two teal walls. And it's going to be, I don't know, it's it's going to be something, something uh, to, uh, something to experience. But so that's where I'm at right now. So this episode, we'll see, we'll see how long I go for. Um, we got a couple stories I want to talk about. I want to talk about Zuckerberg and Musk, the feud between the two of them. Um, also want to talk about Threads, this new app that's out there. A lot of a lot of conservatives talking about censorship and things like that. So we'll get into Threads, um, the new, uh, I guess, IG sister app, um, since it's pretty in- intertwined with uh, with Instagram. And we'll talk about the uh, crazy lunatic who was driving around on a scooter in New York City shooting people. And I also want to talk about Joe Biden and how he's just ignoring that he actually has seven um, grand children and saying that he has six grandchildren. And if we have time, I do want to talk about Prime Energy Drink. Um, one of It's one of the Paul Brothers uh, ventures. And uh, which one is it? It's Logan Paul's venture. And it's, it's terrible for you. And I'm going to tell you why. So 
to get into uh, starting off with threads, let me grab a quick drink of my uh, LaCroix here. Um, so threads, I actually um, was an early, early, early adopter of threads, just sort of by coincidence. I signed up within the first couple hours that it launched because I happened to see a post on Instagram uh, by Gary V, who I follow, but typically don't see a lot of his content because they don't really engage with his content. Um, but for some reason, I saw it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I just wanted to check it out. So I signed up, which essentially signing up is just signing in, you're downloading the app, and then you sign in through your existing Instagram account. Um, they are tied to each other and they're tied so much to each other that you can just import all of your Instagram following um, and followers into the threads app. And then as those people join, um, depending on their settings, they will automatically follow you and you will automatically follow the people um, who you were following Instagram once they, once they join threads. Uh, Just quick feedback on like what I think of the app, um, things that I like about it. Um, Very clean, very simple app. Um, one thing, this is just me, the way that I've kind of curated my Instagram is I don't really talk politics on Instagram. Um, the people I'm following, it's mostly like a health focus, entrepreneurial focus, um, things like that. So, um, my feed is, you know, very positive people on Instagram. So my threads uh, feed is the same way. Um, contrasting that with Twitter, Twitter. Threads and Twitter, Twitter. Um, contrasting that with Twitter, my Twitter personality is very political. So my following is very political with a dash of sports mixed in there. Lots of pirates talk. Um, pirates had their, the MLB draft was today. Pirates had the number one pick and drafted Paul Skeens. So I'm uh, excited about that. Slide that in there. But mostly on Twitter, like, and, and, I, I recognize this. I have created this scenario for myself on Twitter where it's just a volatile environment. Um, there's posts that get me fired up. I get um, in arguments and probably waste a lot of time and energy and frustration um, dealing with the, uh, you know, the way that I have curated my, my Twitter feed based on who I follow. Um, nothing against you if someone out there in the audience is somebody I follow on Twitter. Um, I've done it to myself, and I think there is <clears> – <throat> I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to totally get rid of all the people I follow on Twitter and, and start over. It's just it's just not worth it, but I don't have to because there is a Threads app now, which is very similar to Twitter, like I said, and I already have my Instagram following there, which is very different. So I, I, I'm enjoying the engagement. I think it is a um, – it's a, it's, a, it's a good – way to connect and build a new network if you're you know most of what i use social media for is for networking for podcasting for other businesses meeting people making connections um that's a lot of what i use especially facebook and instagram for and that's what i use threads for twitter is its own kind of um <laughs> kind of disaster but uh that's that's not going to change um so that's what i like I, I really do think it's easier it's easy to meet people have conversations um, there's no DMs on threads yet. Um, so if you want to connect with somebody, you got to slide into their Instagram DMs, which I don't really have an issue with that. I, I have no problem if they want to keep it that way. There's no stories, which is good. You don't need stories. You have stories everywhere else. And there's no ads, which is cool. Um, of course, there will be ads someday. But right now, there's no ads 
so it's it's that kind of shocking a little bit like scrolling through social media and just getting content it, i mean it's been so long since i've been able to scroll through so- social media and not be inundated with uh, crazy ads in my face twitter facebook instagram i mean they're all polluted with advertisements so to have an app that doesn't have that it literally is like a, a shock. You're like, wow, something's missing here. But the thing that's missing is terrible. So this is nice. So that, that's what I like about threads. Um, what I don't like, um, I don't like Zuckerberg, uh, just to be perfectly uh, clear. This is a meta, you know, obviously this is a meta app, Facebook, uh, meta owns Facebook, Instagram, and and threads, of course. And Zuckerberg, he, he's, he's censors, you know, obviously he's censored during the, pandemic around covid and vaccines and uh you know masks and and all this stuff um he censored on facebook censored on instagram um so of course he's going to censor on threads which i mean that's like to be that's to be expected i i'm not i'm not surprised by that am i happy about it no um will i not use the app because of it no i mean it's me not using the app isn't going to stop him from censoring um i i i mean no problem i have no issue with people who decide to do that? That's 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 your thing. Do what you want to do. If you don't want to use the app because of censorship, good. I mean, I I don't have zero issue with that. Um, I just don't think you're going to change anything by doing that. Like Zuckerberg's not going to be like, oh wow, we have you know twenty thousand people who have said they're not using the app because of censorship. So I better stop censoring. It's not going to happen. But the cool thing is, since we have Twitter and now we have Threads, very similar apps is. There is a, uh, you know, there's a little competition there, and um, I think that's healthy. I think, I think we'll we'll get a better product as consumers out of Twitter and out of Threads, and it'll push Zuckerberg and Musk to, you know, maybe um, evolve and improve their platforms more quickly. Um, I know Musk has a lot planned for Twitter. You know, he's trying turn it more so into a media platform with, you know, video content and, you know, with Tucker moving his show there. And um, I think he wants, he wants more of that and being able to really turn it into a, like an alternative to, uh, to Patreon and, and things like that I, with, uh, with subscriptions. I, I think that's, that's all there and that's good. And I, I have no idea what Zuckerberg has planned for threads. Um, the censorship sucks. You know, I did see, um, recently there was a, uh, uh, what was that? Um, he was censoring the, uh, libs of TikTok, um, around, you know, they were saying something about transgender, transgenderism, um, or something about gen- gender roles or, or, or not gender roles about, uh, about genders. And there was a censorship that came up with that. Um, you know, violation of community guidelines, which sucks. I hate that. I think that's, I think that's stupid. Um, so yeah, the, uh, it was libs of TikTok. So libs of libs of TikTok founder, um, she threaded, I, I think that's stupid too. Uh, tweeted sounds nice. Threaded sounds weird. Uh, they got to come up with a better name than that for a post, um, or the act of posting. She said non-binary isn't real. That was posted around 3 a.m. on July 7th. By 11 a.m., she claims the thread had been removed and a notice indicated your post on threads goes against our community guidelines on hate speech or symbols. Um, 
well, probably the same thing would happen on Facebook and the same thing would happen on Instagram. So like, I, I just don't understand why people are surprised. Like, is anybody surprised by this? Of, of course, of course, Zuckerberg's censoring. That's what he does. Um, I will still use the app. Um, that's my choice. If you don't like it. Okay. I don't really, I don't really care, but if, if you are on threads and on Instagram, follow me at John Odermatt and I will, uh, I'll follow you back. And my Instagram account, I need to post more often, but I love threads because like Twitter, you can just post text. You can just put up whatever you want. You can put a picture up with some text. Um, you can post short videos. So I'm going to play around with it and, uh, and see where it goes. So that's, that's my thoughts on threads. Now to get into the Musk versus Zuckerberg, um, battle, which I think is just absolutely hilarious. Um, so something happened. This was, I believe, um, today on Sunday, July 9th, about 1 PM today. Um, so Wendy's, the fast food place, which, by the way, is one of the only fast food places that I will eat at that I actually enjoy. Wendy's has delicious burgers. And if you don't like Wendy's burgers, there's something wrong with you. Um, not sure what to tell you. But they tweeted out, hey, at Zuck. This is on Twitter. No, this sorry. This is on threads. My bad. Hey, at Zuck, you should go to space just to really make him mad. Talking about um, Musk. And Zuck replies with a, you know, Laughing, crying emoji. Um, not really. I mean, it's it's kind of a dumb, a dumb burn by Wendy's. Uh, so you've created a Twitter competitor. Now you should create a SpaceX competitor. That's what you should do. First of all, Zuckerberg doesn't have the skill set to do that. I mean, maybe he could buy someone else who's doing it. But um, Musk is, you know, much more. I think involved from a, uh, a technical standpoint in his companies an engineering standpoint in his companies, um, you know, charting the direction and, you know, being involved in the intricacies of his, of his products from Twitter to SpaceX to, uh, to Neuralink. Um, Zuck, I think, you know, he's more of the, uh, the management, the CEO um, type person um, sit, sitting back and uh, well, I mean, helping the company grow, obviously I do think, uh, business-wise, I do think Threads is a good business decision for uh, for Meta and Zuckerberg. So much so that I did buy some Meta stock. Not not a whole lot, but a little bit. Um, so in response to this Wendy's um, back and forth between Zuck and Wendy's, um, Elon, Elon repo- uh, replies, Zuck is a cuck, which is hilarious. And Elon, you know, a little bit of autism in him. Just a uh, whole hey, say anything on Twitter. He's a very entertaining follow um, on Twitter. And of course, you know, I mean, do, I mean, am I here for the Zuckerberg Musk um, battle, the back and forth, the, uh, the rumors about them stepping in uh, and and doing a, uh, an MMA fight? Uh, Yes, of course I'm here for that. I, I would love, love to see that. But, uh, I mean, this back and forth is great too. I mean, this, this is this is pure entertainment, and it's good for both Twitter and for Threads. So, I mean, they're, they're businessmen; they're not stupid. Uh, another tweet about Threads <clears throat> that uh, Musk commented on. So, uh, Mario Nalfal tweeted out: "Meta's half-baked Twitter copycat threat or blessing in disguise." 
Zuckerberg's Twitter clone is riding on Instagram to attract new downloads, but there are major issues with this new app, as well as an interesting twist to the saga. Um, Meta was called—I well, should say—called out today. I think I should say that. Um, so there was a uh, real Donald Trump when you went when you go to. Or I think they've changed this, but initially when you when you went to follow real Donald Trump on Threads. You got a warning that said, like, this person repeatedly posts false information, which I've gotten that same warning on Instagram when I go to follow people. Um, I would get, you know, similar warning. I remember during the lockdowns when I would, like, try to share a story from, like, even, like, Tulsi Gabbard or something. I would get a, a warning that said, are you sure you want to share this story from this individual who has posted these false things in the past? And I'm like, yes, absolutely I do. Of course I do, because they're not false. <laughs> Just let time pass and we will find out that they're not false. And we did. So that's a different discussion. But w- so Elon replies to this on Twitter, a screenshot of it. Um, accurate assessment threads is just Instagram minus pics, which makes no sense. Given that thirst pics are the main reason people use the app. That's, I mean, that's I, I would agree. That's probably mostly true for most people. How many times have you read comments on Insta pics and wished there were more personally? Never. And this is honestly one of the reasons why I hardly use Instagram and why I like threads. And I, th- I think it is interesting. Like so many, so many of these influencers who have built up this following based on pictures, based on, um, you know, Instagram has the text below it, but almost nobody reads, reads the text. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like I used to read the text more than I do now, <clears throat> but with videos and reels and, it's just like the attention span is so short and you're, you're scrolling through to different videos and there's hardly any like actual images on Instagram anymore. Almost everything is a, is a real or a video or, or whatever. But, uh, I kind of disagree with, uh, with Musk's assessment here, um, saying that it makes no sense. I, I think it's brilliant to, uh, to use the Instagram audience to be able to, for people who have built up an Instagram following, it's great. They have that built in audience um, but there's going to be people who, you know, maybe they like following someone on Instagram because they look like their pictures, maybe they're cool pictures, travel pictures, whatever. But when, when you start to read that person's thoughts um, in a Twitter type format on threads, when they're you know really t- threading several times a day and posting their thoughts, talking about their day, you might not be into that. You might not think that's a, uh, you know, an account who's adding value. It's something you want to see in your feed. Maybe, maybe they thread out dumb stuff that makes no sense, or maybe, maybe they get you know real political or something in, a, in the direction you weren't expecting. And so, I mean, I think it's good to have to have that because Instagram is so shallow. It's just like this little you're seeing this little tiny like just the best part of someone's life. You know, they're showing just the picture just a certain way and um, the, the video that's just, you know, showing this, this, this dance that they've practiced a hundred times and you get to see the, you know, the one time that they that they got it perfectly right. So it's not, I mean, no social media is reality, but Instagram is the farthest from reality. So with threads, it's deeper. So there's, I mean, there's, you can't, you can't hide yourself that well. And I think if you try to hide yourself on threads and you just start posting like empty inspirational quotes, which I see a lot of these um, influencers doing, I, I don't want to follow that. Like if, if I need inspirational quotes, you know, I'll, I'll listen to an inspirational podcast and uh, which I do, you know, listen to someone like Ed Milet, um, who's actually going to you know give me value and give me actionable things to do. 
I mean, maybe I want one or two people in my feed with like inspirational quotes, but I don't want a whole feed full of just these influencers just dropping freaking like the five things you need to do to start your day the right way. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't need that in my feed. So I have been doing some unfollowings um, out of that, just cleaning up the feed. But anyway, to summarize Musk and Zuck, to summarize Threads versus Twitter, I love the I think it's healthy. The competition between Musk and Zuck, getting personal, it's entertaining from a entertainment standpoint. It's good for them, good for their businesses. It's good for you know the uh, the uh, consumer to uh, to watch the back and forth there. And uh, it's and from a product standpoint, it's good for both products. It's good for Twitter, and it'll be good for Threads. And do I think ultimately that because Twitter has less censorship than Threads. Do I think that that'll push Threads in that direction? No, because I think Zuckerberg has been very clear with Facebook, with Instagram, and now with Threads that he's going to curate the type of environment that he wants. He's going to call things hate speech. Um, he's going to you know block nudity from there, things like that. Which I mean, I, I, I'm totally fine with that. Like you know, Twitter is a free for all. There's um, nudity there's there's violence there's there's all kinds of all kinds of stuff um that's not on the meta products it is what it is it's competition back and forth um of course you know meta is essentially a government agency because they work so closely with the fbi and cia so that's a concern and i guess the other piece of that is the amount of data that zuckerberg is collecting is worrisome but he was already collecting that with instagram and facebook so I don't think he's getting any more data just with threads. And people have talked about, well, it's a, like, apparently it's like, it's impossible to totally delete your threads account. Um, I'm pretty sure it's impossible to totally delete your Instagram account or your Facebook account. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you can deactivate, you can de- de- deactivate your threads account. And then, you know, it becomes invisible. Nobody can see it, but of course it keeps all that data. You can de- deactivate your Instagram account. Same thing. You can do, do the same thing to deactivate your Facebook account. Um, but even if you could like delete the account, do you really think all of that data would just go away? No, of course it's it's there forever. So I don't know what people expect out of that. All right. So moving on, next story to talk about: violence in the streets of New York. Let me grab a quick drink of my Lacroix. Violence in the street of New York, a deranged 25-year-old Hispanic male indiscriminately shoots four people, killing one. Um, He did this while casually motoring around New York City on a scooter. And uh, the article I will uh, link to on the show notes page. And actually, I'll just pull this up here so you can see the the picture. Share screen. Okay, so you, you can see on the screen, this guy literally just on a scooter, gun pulled out, just ready to shoot. And uh, I mean, terrible tragedy anytime anyone's shot, especially if someone's killed. One individual killed here. I think another one um, who was shot in the face is in critical condition. I mean, the ages, uh, the, the gunman, 25 years old, um, 21-year-old shot in the shoulder, fatally shot, 87-year-old. Um, 44 year old man, um, shot in the face of critical condition and a 63 year old man was shot in the shoulder. And they think looking at these shootings, like they don't think it's like 
all, all, all of the people are, you know, different races who were shot. They don't think, they don't think it was targeted in that way. It was completely, completely random. And a couple takeaways from this. Number one, um, the pundits are saying, well, he had a, a mental episode. D- duh. Of course. I mean, it's, if somebody's not stable mentally if they're going around killing people. Um, if anybody is killing someone, they're not stable mentally. Something is off mentally. Of course. Like, I, I feel like we don't say that often enough that, um, it goes without saying if someone is murdering someone, they have mental health issues because that is not a human thing to do to, to kill another human being in cold blood. I mean, that's, that's just, of course they have, they have mental health issues if they're doing that. My question and with anything like if there's a mass shooting um, or an event like this where the guy is obviously off his rocker, um, my first thing goes to, well, what pharmaceuticals is is he taking? Um, what SSRIs is he on? Has he been on SSRIs? Did he recently come, come off SSRIs? Uh, I mean, the side effects listed with these drugs say could cause violent acts, could cause suicidal behavior. Yet the media never pulls at that thread. Call back to last segment. Um, the media never really investigates that or asks the questions or bring, brings on experts to look at it. And one thing that uh, RFK Jr. talked about up at the uh, up at Pork Fest during his talk, which was awesome. Um, if you missed last week's episode with Jeffrey Tucker, um, we talked a lot about. Um, Kennedy's entire talk got into a lot of different areas from um, COVID to vaccines to a bunch of different things. But um, Robert Kennedy talking about gun violence and the need to look in to potential uh, of pharmaceutical influence in causing this behavior, behavior in creating, um, you know, some of in creating the uh, the mental break that sets some of these people um over the edge. And he pointed out that, you know, the federal government has the resources they have the resources to do it. And they have the, they have the data to do it. So like, um, the CDC could actually, you know, research this and pull the data and look at, you know, number of mass shooters who are taking SSRIs has, has gone up over time, which has, you know, which, which drugs, blah, blah, blah. And you could actually research it, but they have no interest in researching that because they don't have an interest in solving the problem. Um, they have an interest in maybe the perception of solving the problem, you know, passing gun control laws and um, acting like they care. But to get to the heart of this problem, I mean, when we're saying in these pharmaceutical ads, when you're talking about known side effects, they cause violent, they can cause violent behavior. And we're not looking at that. We're not questioning that. The media is not calling that out. It's not a part of the narrative. Not allowed to talk about it. Um, so that I mean that that's a really good take by Robert Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy of one of the ways he would handle it is he would use the federal government to look into that to pierce the veil on that data and actually, you know, do something that they're supposed to be doing rather than freaking shutting down the country. So. Um, that, that's essentially my, my takeaways there. And I mean, the other, I, I guess the last takeaway would be, 
because this doesn't, because this random shooting doesn't fit the media media narrative. It's not a white male. It's a, uh, it's a, you know, a a Mexican male. Um, and it's not an assault rifle. It's a handgun. So because of those two factors, this will be on and off of the, uh, of the news cycle by tomorrow, by Monday, nobody will be talking about this. And that's, that's sick. I mean, that's sad. I mean, we have one person who's already lost their life, one person in critical condition, two others shot. And, you know, it's it's just, you worry that this type of behavior seems to be increasing. This just random stuff that comes out of nowhere. And what's causing it? Why aren't we talking about what's causing this? Everyone, you know, everyone on the left wants to point to the instrument being used, the gun being used. Um, but something has changed. We've always had guns, and this and this didn't happen at this level. Something has changed in our society, and uh, the left and most and the right, for the most part, has no interest in uh, in striking the root and really figuring out what the heck's going on. For probably reasons motivated by uh, by money. Last thing I wanted to talk about today. And uh, this has been in the news recently. And this this article I'm going to talk about it was in the New York Times. A or I said last thing I'm going to talk about. I have two more things to talk about. Talk about President Biden and him ignoring one of his grandchildren, Hunter's illegitimate child. And then we're going to talk about prime energy drink real fast and why you shouldn't drink it. But to get back to to Biden ignoring his one grandkid. So the story behind that, Hunter. I, th- I think the, the, the child is uh, about four years old now. So about five years ago, um, Hunter is in the throes of his addiction and uh, he gets a, uh, a stripper pregnant in, in, uh, in Washington, D.C. And he eventually, like at the time, puts her on his payroll for his consulting firm or whatever. And then the baby's born three months later. He takes away her medical coverage and then I think eventually takes her off the payroll. So this is in the news again because there's recently a settlement, and some of the uh, what the settlement was d- disclosed. Hunter gave some of his original paintings, um, but allegedly there was an agreement that she the 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 child cannot use the Biden last name. And um, recently, or Joe Biden has I don't think he's ever recognized her as one of his grandkids, but. The media has started to question Joe Biden on this, and he's ignored the questions. Um, talking about talking about this child, um, so it's just it's just crazy that a part of the settlement was that the Biden last name cannot be used. Uh, it's just like a such a cruel thing, and for Biden to repeatedly say he only has six grandkids. Um, this uh, Hunter's uh, illegitimate one here would be number seven. And, you know, people talk about Joe Biden being this great guy, he has, you know, has a big heart. He's, you know, Uncle Joe, just like you and me, blue collar Joe. Um, he's not a good guy. Like, there's so many reasons. It's so clear that he's a lying scumbag. And it, it, I mean, this at least puts a human, something that, almost everyone can relate to in one form or another because we all either have kids or we have parents and we are a kid. 
and we have grandparents, or maybe you are a grandparent yourself. And maybe, you know, maybe your, your parents or your grandparents aren't alive, but, or maybe you didn't even have a good relationship with them, but you can understand the, the dynamic. You could understand the pain that this would cause having your grandfather not recognize your existence. Like that's, that's absurd. That's insane. That the president of the United States is not going to recognize the existence of one of his grandchildren. And yet at the same time, those on the left who carry water for Joe Biden will totally ignore this. Totally ignore it. Like it, like it's uh, like it never happened, but not entirely. New York times column by Maureen Dowd, kind of a stupid column. I'm not going to read it because essentially what she does, she talks about her supposed uh, Republican sister who loves Joe Biden, which, okay, whatever. She's probably not a Republican then. She's a, a Democrat who is registered Republican and she voted for Joe Biden and she wrote in Joe Biden even in 2012. And it's a, then, then who are these people? Who are these people that are in love with Joe Biden? It doesn't make any sense. But this, so this is Maureen Dowd's sister. Um, this is in the New York Times. And she's very critical as Maureen Dowd is telling the story secondhand about her sister writing a letter to Joe Biden saying, I watched as you told the nation that you had six grandchildren and you loved each of them, she wrote. I believe that. What I cannot believe and what I find unconscionable is that you refuse to admit or accept the fact that there is a beautiful little four-year-old girl living in Arkansas by the name of Navy Joan, who is your seventh grandchild. Yes. I mean, thank you. I mean, I, I'm shocked this has made it into the New York Times. This does go towards something that has been building, I think, over the past year, that the media is frustrated with Joe Biden. He doesn't have, um, you know, doesn't have interactions with the media where he's taking questions. He laughs or just walks away when they ask him questions about this or about other important things about the Ukraine-Russia war. Um, he gets he gets super upset. And angry if they uh, if they ask some questions that aren't uh, aren't on his list, um, but it's it's just. And I mean, do, do I think ultimately, like the media would stop backing him and you know start backing a Robert Kennedy? No, I of course not. Um, but I mean, even in speaking with my you know friends on the left who voted for Joe Biden, and uh, they don't they don't want Joe Biden to run again. They think he's too old now. They don't want to. They will vote for him again because most liberals will just vote. They'll vote Democrat no matter what, no matter who it is. I mean, look at John Fetterman. The guy can't even speak and he's in the Senate because he was running against a Trump supported Dr. Oz. It didn't matter. Literally nothing else mattered. People were going to vote for the Democrat in that race against Trump. And the same thing would happen again in 2024 if it is Trump and Biden. Um, and at this point, I think Biden would win again, which is insane. But you would have, I think what you would see happening is you would see Biden win barely, um, getting just enough electoral votes. Um, similar to last results where, you know, the majority of his votes are coming from was like 37 counties or something or winning 37 counties. Um, but Biden, Biden, I think will win if this is how it plays out, and nothing else changes. And I think down ticket Republicans will uh, will clean up in the uh, in the Senate and in the House. Maybe not. Maybe things will change between now and then. 
Um, I hate making predictions this far out because you know so many things can change, especially when you're dealing with presidential candidates on both sides who are one is over 80 and one is one is nearly 80. So that is uh, it's not young, not young. Um, OK, so I, I mean, that's that's essentially my my thoughts on that. The last thing that I did want to talk about is I want to talk about this, uh, this prime um, prime energy. There's an energy drink and there's a hydration drink that uh that logan paul has and you know if if you know if you know me if you follow me on facebook uh you know that i am someone who's very invested in my gut health that's uh, not to say that i don't you know fall off the wagon from time to time and you know like i was talking about wendy's burgers are delicious um i don't i'm not crazy paranoid about what i eat I, I, I'm going to enjoy my life, but you know, I, I, there are certain things that I avoid 100%. And one of those things, one of those, one of the things I avoid is artificial sweeteners. Um, it's very easy to avoid artificial sweeteners, not easy because for the reason you might be thinking, um, it does eliminate a lot of things that you could have, but it's simple to find out. You just flip over your box or bag, whatever you're looking at. And you look for sucralose, you look for aspartame. Um, they might call it Splenda for sucralose and prime, you know, prime drinks, they have sucralose in them. And I, I avoid sucralose and I, I hate how this is marketed directly to little kids. Um, and I, I mean, I can't stand, we have a, you know, epidemic in this country with uh, kids who are unhealthy, who aren't getting enough exercise, who are overweight, pre-diabetic at very young ages, consuming too much sugar, consuming artificial sweeteners, consuming high fructose corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, which is ties has been um, linked to um, this uh, rise in um, liver disease that is not related to uh, drinking alcohol. So, when something like this comes out, Logan Paul, an influencer, who has a very young following, a very impressionable following, and you know it's very cool, you know, for for these kids to have you know the prime energy drink in their uh, in their you know TikTok videos or um, be talking about it, drinking it, and uh, I, I I understand it, you know, it's it's part of you know part of that community. What sucks though is it's it's shitty for you. It has sucralose, and it also contains dipotassium phosphate. What is dipotassium phosphate? Um, it's a substance made by combining potassium and hydroxide with phosphoric acid. The uh, phosphoric acid that makes Coca-Cola famous for uh, the ability to um, pour it on uh, corroded car batteries to clean off corrosion. Um, it seems that that prime could work in the same way because it has that um, key ingredient. Um, also, th this is a substance that has been repeatedly ruled safe by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Even though its main use is as a fertilizer, it can be used in in these drinks, um, which is pretty common um, with the FDA. With the FDA to just you know turn a blind eye to uh, these really uh, just chemical additives to food that should not be in food. 
And, you know, that's, I'm not one who is in favor of federal, federal regulations, but people are so stupid. They don't even read the ingredients on, uh, on what's in their stuff. And, you know, that's, that's their responsibility. So, I mean, that's, I'm not going to go crazy. I, like, I don't want the FDA to, I don't, I don't really care what the FDA regulates. I'm here to encourage people to start reading your freaking labels. And, uh, you know, with just came out, it's been known forever that aspartame, aspartame, I'm not sure which way you say it. I've heard it both ways, is a known carcinogen. And now it's going to be labeled that way. So it no longer, I think in the U.S., it will no longer be in foods. And that's one artificial sweetener that has been in a ton of kids' foods that I've seen over the years. And popsicles and Kool-Aid, sugar-free, um, all kinds of sugar-free stuff. So that's a good thing that at least that awareness is getting out there. Um, I wish it would happen naturally with the market and, and uh, these mega corporations no longer using it on their own. Um, but to be honest, they probably wouldn't because they're run by scumbags who are looking to addict kids at a young age to highly palatable foods. Um, something like sucralose, which is in prime, is 600 times sweeter than sugar. So what does that mean? Well, it means it's 600 times sweeter than sugar. Um, but what does that mean for how it reacts and what, 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 what it's going to cause? Not everyone, but for a lot of people. So when you drink something that sweet, number one, you get used to drinking something that sweet and you're going to start to crave that sweetness again and again and again. When you drink something that sweet without any calories, without any sugar in it, it confuses your body. Your body's looking, it's expecting a bunch of calories coming with that hyper sweet thing you're drinking. If you're, or like if you're eating fruit, your body's expecting calories with that fruit. If you drink a sugar-free energy drink, your body's not getting those calories. So in a lot of people, what it does is it can lead to obesity because your body you know, your your uh, your gut brain axis is talking to each other and saying, "I need more calories." This is I'm consuming all this sweet food. Where are the calories? Fill fill, fill the gap here. So so a lot of times that's that's what ends up happening, and that's why you shouldn't buy your kids Logan Paul's Prime Energy or Prime Hydration. Um, I love energy drinks that are healthy. I love hydration drinks. I think they're very. I think hydration drinks are maybe the most important thing you can do for your health. I drink one every single morning. First thing I drink in the morning, every single day. Um, it is so important to be hydrated, drinking water. Yes, of course, but also getting magnesium, um, magnesium and, uh, and sodium. I draw a blank on the word getting late here and, uh, and sodium, your, your, your body needs that. You're especially, I mean, even, even if you're not working out, you, you need to, you need to replace the, uh, the sodium because, because you are sweating. But if you are working out, I think the best thing you can do before a workout, you know, people get into pre-workouts and this and that. I don't really do any pre-workouts anymore. Um, I save my healthy energy drink for later in the day. Um, I think the best thing you do for a workout, just be hydrated, have a hydration drink. Um, so I'm not against hydration drinks. I'm not against healthy um, energy drinks, but I am against Logan Paul's prime product family. So avoid that. Get healthy stuff for your kids. So that's all I got for the podcast episode today. Thank you for tuning in, listening to my rambling. Um, let me know what you think. What do you think about the Zuck versus Musk um, battle? Who's going to win? Are you on threads? Do you care about threads? Are you on Twitter? 
what's your Twitter feed like compared to your Threads feed? Let me know. Um, you can go on Twitter or you can go on Threads, and uh, I'll post this both places. And you can uh, you can comment there and let me know what you thought of the podcast episode. What do you think of Joe Biden ignoring um, his seventh grandchild? What do you think of um, the potential role that pharmaceuticals and more specifically SSRIs play in escalating violence, specifically gun violence? And what do you think of energy drinks? What do you think of Prime Energy? Have you had it? Are your kids having it? After listening to this today, are you going to stop giving it to your kids? Let me know. Let me know what you think. And uh, as always, share the show around. Join the Lions of Liberty Pride. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. You can go to uh, lionsofliberty.locals.com. You get all of our bonus content. You can get Brian's daily rants. You can get my bonus shows that I do with almost every single one of my guests, about 10, 10 or 15 minutes of bonus content, getting into all kinds of different things that we don't talk about during during the interviews. So join up. We would love to have you in the Pride. We are going to be redoing our Pride incentives, restructuring them a little bit. I'm excited for that. I think there's some pretty cool, unique stuff um, that we're going to be offering. I don't want to say it yet because Brian and I have to change it first and agree on everything that we're changing before I tell you guys, which is easy to do if it's only two people. So just text message back and forth. Hey, Brian, you want to do this? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. So that's that's how that works. But it's a good dynamic. Um, check out Brian's show on Wednesday. Hopefully you've been enjoying all of this Porkfest content. Um, we had a great time at Porkfest. For those of you who I met there, um, it was great to meet all of you. I, I really did enjoy getting to meet um, all of the Lions of Liberty fans. And even those who criticized me and said that my intros are too long. I've shortened my intros, but I will not shorten my outros. With that being said, I will talk to you all next week. In the meantime, always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.